Hey friend, do you have ADHD? Maybe, maybe not. It really doesn't matter because either way, you're so welcome here. Whether it's you or someone you live with that has the squirrely brain, I'm here to help. On this show, we'll be sharing perspective shifts and hacks and systems and routines that all work for people of all ages with neurodivergent brains. I spent the last almost decade working with students as a special education teacher and navigating my own ADHD. Whether you want someone to hold space for you or you want the tactical, tangible strategies, you're in the right place. I'm going to help you learn to let it be easy, work with your unique strengths, and move from scattered to simplified. And we're doing it all with positive perspective, self-compassion, and a whole lot of God's grace. Let's do this. What's up, you beautiful human? Today is going to be another short episode, shorter than the last one. As you can probably tell by the sound of my voice, something is still not quite right. I am not fully better yet, and by the end of every day, my voice is pretty much gone. So, we're going to work with what we have left. Um, Before I hop into the episode real fast, reminder, we are... (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) We are going to do our first procrastinator power hour um, on Memorial Day, so May 29th. Um, this is the only one that will probably be free ever because like we've talked about, if you don't have anything, um, like you don't have any skin in the game, then the likelihood of you actually showing up is a lot lower. Um, so I want to have that buy-in from the beginning, but we'll do the very first one for free just to like test things out, work out the kinks, give people a chance to try things out. Um, so yeah, that's going to be on May 25th no, 29th, and you just come with a list of things that you've been procrastinating that you don't want to do, and we're going to do them together and body double and get some things done and leave feeling super accomplished. There will be a link to a Google form just to drop your name, email address so I can notify you and get you the link for the video the day before. All right, into today's episode. I know that you're probably rolling your eyes um, at the title already. Well, I don't know. I don't know why I'm going to title it. Maybe I'll leave the word meditation out. But I know for a lot of people with ADHD, they're like, meditation does not work. And you're like, I can't do that. I can't focus on anything. I can't quiet my mind. It's always talking. I get it. I have all the same excuses. Um, And it's fine because here's the deal. Meditation does not mean that you're sitting there with a perfectly silent brain. It means you are noticing thoughts as they come up and actively working on letting them go. And the reason why I think meditation is even more important when you have ADHD is because we are so squirrely with our brain and it gives our our brain a chance to like process things and calm down a little bit. The reason though why I think it's the most important is because whatever you do during your practice, like when you have your daily meditation practice, like whatever, that's one thing. It's the fact that it makes you more mindful outside of that practice too. When you start meditating regularly, you start becoming more aware of things that you weren't aware of before. I swear meditation has to be what stopped my impulse buying because I started becoming aware of those feelings and those thoughts that I was having when I was about to buy a bunch of crap that I didn't need that I couldn't afford. And I am now able to apply that to lots of different things. And sometimes it still doesn't change the situation. Like the 
pile of cups I have outside my car in the garage right now. Like they're still there. And I know that it's because I'm like burnt out, overwhelmed in that moment. I'm like, whatever. And I just get out of my car and I'm busy and I'm moving. But then there are other situations where I'm able to really stop and think. And I'm like, wait a second. Why do I want to engage in this behavior right now? Why am I trying to avoid this thing? Why am I trying to buy this thing? Why do I really want to go to this place? Why do I want to avoid this place? And it gives you a chance to really stop and be aware and be present of your thought processes so that if there are changes that you want to make, you can. And I know that all of you have choices, um, choices, all of you have changes that you want to make. Everyone that I've coached with so far, that's why you're there talking to me. You have these situations that you want to change in your life, But I think one of the first reasons is you need to figure out what need is being met by that behavior. We don't do things just to do things. There are always reasons behind it. And so if we can stop and start paying attention to why we want that drink every night or why we want to go shopping every single weekend and spend outside of our means or why we want to get fast food every single night. What need are you trying to get met by that behavior? Behavior is always, always, always communication. And it's so much easier, I think, for us to see that like in our kids and stuff or see that in other people. But sometimes we don't see that in ourselves. We don't see that our behavior is literally communicating to us what is going on. Um, Last little story I'll share about this. And then I got to go. It's bedtime around here. Things have been absolute chaos. I can't even believe I'm getting this recorded the night before, honestly. Super proud of that. But anyway, um, when I was pregnant, I craved Dr. Pepper so intensely. And I love Dr. Pepper anyway. That's like one of the only sodas I actually like and like will drink even though it's so toxic and disgusting. I'm like, it's so good. It's worth it. Whatever. I very rarely drink that now. But then after I had my baby breastfeeding, I still had cravings. I was like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, like a year or two postpartum, I was still like wanting this Dr. Pepper so bad. And a therapist I had at the time helped me come to the conclusion that I was not doing anything else for myself. Like I was not engaging in any hobbies. I was not doing anything fun just for the sake of having fun. Like my brain was never getting a chance to just do something enjoyable that had no productivity tied to it, except drink that stupid Dr. Pepper. That Dr. Pepper was one of the only things that I was allowing myself that was fun, that was not productive. And when I realized that, I was able to start adding in other things to help fill that fun bucket and the cravings for Dr. Pepper slowly went away. And like I said, I just, I barely even ever drink them anymore. Every now and then I'll have one if it, the opportunity presents itself. Like I was at my dad's um, last weekend and they actually canned Dr. Pepper in the cooler and I was like, heck yeah, like that is like my number one drink if I'm going to drink something. I don't want the booze. I don't want any wine. I don't want any other drink, but if there's Dr. Pepper in a can and it is cold, I'm there. Um, (laughs) Not always, but sometimes. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I want to bring that up because I think that practicing meditation is a really great way to just start having a moment of mindfulness and there are literally one minute meditations i'm sorry i don't care how squirrely you are you could do anything for one minute and i know you can because i know that you're a bad b and you can do whatever you want so start with a minute if you need to start with a minute that's fine work your way up i'm not expecting you to sit there in silence do guided meditations just start becoming aware of your body your thoughts your sensations that are happening before 
behaviors or during behaviors that you are wanting to change. Okay, I love you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. I gotta go do bedtime now. Bye!